When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. There's only one. There's only one pod in the Motor City that's keeping you up to date on everything Detroit sports. This is The Daily Ticket with your host, Jeff Rieger. Hey, everybody. What's going on? Jeff Rieger. Another episode of The Daily Ticket. This one for a hump day. It's a Wednesday, the 27th of December, 2023. Although when you say it's a hump day, usually that means you're almost through work, right? Got a couple of days left. I do get the feeling that a lot of people take this week off. The week between Christmas and New Year's. I get that feeling. Am I wrong about that? I don't think I am. So it's not really a hump day. I think a lot of people are enjoying themselves. Maybe you're still on your Lions celebration hangover. Lions winning the division for the first time in 30 years. You deserve to celebrate. Hopefully you did. Hopefully it continues. We got more on the Lions later on in the week. New Year's just around the corner. You know something that truly bums me out about being old? New Year's used to be the greatest holiday ever. In my 20s, even my 30s, my teens as well, I love New Year's Eve. I thought it was a great holiday. I always had visions of going to New York to see the ball drop. Now you would not catch me dead there. Way too many people. I'm way too old for that. I'm 48 years old, but I remember like my 20s, I used to have these grand plans on New Year's Eve that I was going to get lucky. Maybe I was going to meet a woman. Maybe I was going to score. It would have been great. Never really happened. Usually I just ended up passed out on somebody's couch. That was pretty much the entirety of my 20s now that I think about it. But New Year's Eve was always like a cool idea. Pay a lot of money to get into a bar party your ass off, watch the ball drop, hopefully find a girl to kiss, eat the free buffets that the bars supply you, and then go home hungover. I kind of miss it. Because now on New Year's Eve, I like watch Seacrest alone. My wife and kid are asleep by like 10 o'clock at the latest. Kind of miss it. Even though the plans that I made on New Year's Eve back in the day never really panned out, now I just sit there and I watch football. Now, I'll tell you this. I did like when the CFP games were on New Year's Eve because I felt like I had something to do. This New Year's Eve, I got nothing. And I kind of would feel like a loser to go out to a bar. And it's probably too late to get a babysitter. So I'm going to do nothing on New Year's Eve. It is amazing. I used to have such great plans. Kind of sad, actually. I don't mean to bring in this podcast so somber but it just hit me. Anyway, 
I hope everybody's having a great day. I hope everybody's enjoying their holiday break. I hope uh, if you're still in school, you're enjoying your holiday break as well. Because now what I'm about to present you with is more than likely, if you're a Detroit sports fan, going to get you in a shitty mood. I don't want to do this. I feel I have to do this. I was on the radio on Saturday and then again on Tuesday, yesterday, who it filled in in the morning show. And this is big news. So by the time you watch or listen to this podcast, I think there's a great chance that the Pistons will have lost 27 in a row. They've already tied the record for most losses in a season at 26. They lost to Brooklyn in Brooklyn on Saturday. That's covered, by the way, in case you're wondering. But now they have a chance to beat that record. To get the 27 losses in a row. Because when I'm recording this podcast, it's 10.20 in the morning on a Tuesday. Pistons are going to play the Nets tonight. I'm going to go to the game. I think I'm going to go to that game. I think the environment's going to be insane. I think there's a lot of angry Piston fans that are going to flock to the LCA to voice their displeasure. I'm going to take my daughter. She just turned eight. What better birthday present than to say, hey, honey. Let's go to a Pistons game. I'm going to teach her how to chant, sell the team, sell the team. Because you know what? It's more than likely going to be 27 in a row. And then if they get another loss, that would be 28. And that would tie the all-time losing streak record that actually combines over two seasons. 26 is for one year. 28 is for two years. So if they can get the 29, they'll have the record all to themselves. And before you hit me with, I don't want Detroit to own that kind of record. I don't want a historical, traditional, great franchise like the Pistons to be associated with that record. I say, fuck it. Let's get the record. Bring me that record. And it's nothing against the players. Cade Cunningham, Boyan Bogdanovich, Jaden Ivey, Jalen Duran, Beef Stew, nothing against the players. But this owner is a travesty, an absolute travesty. Tom Gorris, Pistons lost 10 in a row, 15 in a row, 20 in a row, didn't hear a word from the owner. Fans started chanting the last game at home. Sell the team. It was so loud you could hear it over the TV broadcast and the radio broadcast. Place wasn't full by any means, but everybody's chanting sell the team because it's a freaking embarrassment. And because our afternoon show, Mike and Rico, put that thought into pretty much everybody's mind. Tom Gore still didn't talk. 25 losses in a row. Nothing from Gore's. Before they play their 26th game, which was on Saturday, Tom Gorris decided to finally talk. Oh, thank you, Tom. Thank you. We appreciate it. So Tom Gorris decided late Friday night that he's going to assemble some media members to his liking. He's not going to call a press conference. Nope. If you're in the media, you didn't get a chance to ask a question. Nope. If you're a fan, more than likely you did not get your questions answered. Tom Gores decided from his mansion in Los Angeles to call a conference call or a Zoom call. I think it was a conference call. And he hand-selected a couple of Piston beat writers. So he got like three, four beat writers and Tom Gores, and he's answering questions. And I'll just give you the synopsis of what he had to say. Now, mind you, he had every chance to actually do this while people were actually paying attention. He was in town last Wednesday. 
He met with Monty Williams. He met with Troy Weaver. He met with Cade Cunningham and the basketball team. Then he flew out. Could not even stay for the game against the Jazz, where they lost to a team missing a combined 65 points, and everybody started chanting, sell the team, sell the team. Could even stay for that. No, but it did take that for him to eventually talk, right? And he decided to do it a couple days before Christmas, knowing damn well that it's going to be a news dump. Nobody's going to talk about his comments because by the time the radio gets back in session, which today is kind of the first day on Tuesday, or the time somebody finally gets to write something after Christmas, his comments are going to be a thing of the past. So finally, he sits down with the people of his choice and he answers questions. And he made it sure to be known Troy Weaver's not going to be fired. Troy Weaver has lost 26 in a row. Put together a team. They're in their fourth year. This isn't some new rebuild where they're trying to tank like the Sixers. You believe they got some talent on this team. Troy's not going to be fired. That's what Tom said. Tom said there was a plan. But he didn't tell anybody what the plan was. Tom said he expects Troy to make things better or he's going to be disappointed. Or else what, Tom? You're going to fire him? Tom believes that Troy is going to be able to make this team better via trade. So let me get this straight. So Tom Gorris did not fire Troy Weaver. He wants Troy to make the team better. However, he's going to allow Troy, the person that put them in this situation to begin with, to trade players. You're going to trade assets or players for what exactly? This year? You got to blow it all up. You got to start from scratch again. But I think we know that Tom's probably has no confidence in himself to hire the right guy. Like I give Tom Gorris credit for one thing. He's not afraid to spend money. But in this situation, who the hell cares? So what else did Tom say? Tom said Troy's not going to be fired. Tom said there is a plan. He would not tell us what it is. Tom expects Troy to make the team better. Tom does not blame Monty Williams at all. Said Monty's only been on the job for 28, 29 games. I'm not blaming him. Tom also said that sometimes he'll talk rotations with Monty Williams because that's what you want, right? So that's what he said, right? Not a whole lot of news other than in every other organization when a team is on the verge of a historically awful record, you whack somebody, you can somebody, you blow it up, you show the fan base that you give a fuck. Not Tom Gores, though. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And that was that. And I thought to myself, okay, not a ton here. Can't get too upset. We know Tom always thought about basketball second behind everything else. And I think his comments proved it. But then I got wind of a comment that was only in one story. Only in one story. James Edwards does a nice job with the athletic. And James asked him a question and he printed his answer. 
And before I read you his quote, talking about Gorus, his answer is so offensive. It's so preposterous. It's so stupid. I didn't believe it was a real quote. I thought it was fake. I thought it was something made up on AI or Twitter. So much that I've been having trouble with my athletic recently logging in. When I came to work on Saturday, knowing I was going to talk a little bit about Tom Gorris, I had to make sure that this quote was real. I talked to one of our producers who happens to have the athletic. He logged me on just so I could make sure the quote was real, all while believing that the quote was not real. I thought it was parody, but there it was. James Edwards asked Tom Gorris, how does it feel when fans are chanting, sell the team? like they did on Thursday against the Jazz? It's a great question. Great question by James. Tom Gorris's answer, in case you haven't read it or heard it yet, is disgusting. I don't get offended by anything. I'm offended by this. How does it feel when fans are chanting, sell the team? Here's what Tom Gorris said. They can say what they want, but that's ridiculous. Other than winning, and we should win more games, we do a lot in the community. Players, the organization, we do a lot in the community. If you put aside winning, we've made very big difference in the community. That means a lot to me. I understand that's only going to mean a lot to people if we win, but the underworking of what's happening within our community over these years is there. We're doing multi-billion dollar things outside of basketball. I understand the fans being upset, but it's a ridiculous thought. Couple things. He thinks it's ridiculous of you to chant sell the team. God, I hope they chant it tonight. I'm going to take my daughter to the game. And I know you're watching this on Wednesday and I'm talking to you on Tuesday, but we're going to chant sell the team. I'll put it in Thursday's podcast, I promise. So he thinks it's ridiculous that fans are voicing their displeasure. He must think he's the perfect owner. But the thing that gets me in this whole quote, why it's so offensive, other than winning, he says, other than winning? Tom, what are you around to do? Like, what do you want people to say? Hey, Tom, we really appreciate you being a charitable guy. Do you want people to thank you? Oh, thank you, Tom, for being a billionaire And allowing the city of Detroit to take your charity? Is that what you want? The only thing that matters is winning. Sorry, newsflash. You can be a charitable dude and help the community and not own a basketball team. Like, yes, thank you for being charitable. You know, it's so funny. Most people do charity. Don't tell a soul about it. Tom Gorris, however, billion-dollar deals. Come on, dude. Other than winning? Then he doubled down on it. Winning aside, all anybody cares about is winning. Tom, um, last time I checked, you are charging to go to your games, right? So you got to pay for parking. You got to pay for merch. You got to pay for concessions. You got to pay for tickets. Does that sound like a charity to you? So you don't want us to expect to win, right? But you want to tell us, other than winning, the organization is great. Team is great. I don't get offended by anything. That is a joke. 
I'm getting fired up just thinking about it again. You got an owner that admitted to your face that he don't give a damn about winning. That's going to be a top three all-time worst quote by an owner. You know, I was going to wait a little bit to announce this, but I just opened up a restaurant. True story. It's called Jeffy's. Catchy name, right? My name is Jeff Jeffy's. Yeah. We have great service. Our business plan is you're never going to have to wait longer than five minutes to be seated. We have great uniforms. We have great TVs. We have a clean environment. Health inspector came the other day, gave us a passing grade. Our restaurant is great, except there's poison in our food. Other than the food killing you, it's a great experience to come to Jaffe's. Like, what the fuck? I don't understand how you can say that and care. That is the most tone-deaf comment I've ever heard in my life. You got fans of a historical franchise that had success. One of the five to six franchises in the NBA that at one point was awesome. The best of. They got three titles. And now you got the owner of the team saying, we do everything great except for winning. Yeah, winning. What does that matter? Other than winning, we're fantastic. How do you think Bill Davidson would feel about that? The former owner. It's a disgrace. Sell the team, Tom. You think I'm being too strong or too dramatic? Please, comment section below. Other than winning. Ridiculous. Other than murder, I heard Jeffrey Dahmer was a pretty decent guy. Other than not having brakes, I really love my car. It's a great ride. Other than cheating, Michigan's a pretty good football program. Sorry, that one was a little unfair. I apologize. I know it's going to fire some people up, though. Like, my God. So please, in the comment section below, let me know what you think about Tom Gorris's comments. But also, if you do so, if but also if you'd be so kind, could you leave me your other than line? Other than winning, we do a lot for the community. What's yours? Other than blank, hit me with it. I'll read them all on the next podcast. I am so offended by that comment. I want the Pistons to get the streak record. I want the Pistons to be shamed even more than they already are. When everybody was chanting, sell the team, sell the team, that was national news. It was on ESPN, CBS, Fox, everywhere. When they break the record, I got to believe it's going to be national news. I hope the fans keep bringing it. I hope they keep chanting, sell the team. I'm not saying it nasty. I'm not saying it personal, but keep chanting, sell the team. Because Tom Gores thinks it's a ridiculous idea that you would ever chant something like that. Lions just won their first division in 30 years. Why don't you go ask them, Tom, how to have good ownership? Sheila dealt with it. At no point did Sheila decide, you know what? I'm only going to talk to people that I want to talk to. I'm going to do it in the middle of the night. So nobody really knows at the holiday season. Sheila Ford stood in front of a sold-out Lions crowd against the Ravens, honoring Kelvin Johnson. And she took all those boos. They booed the crap out of her. And she said, it's all right. 
She understood that Lions fans needed to get it out of their system. And what's happened since? She's showing this unbelievable dedication to this football team. She cares. She's better than her parents were. And now the Lions are on the cusp of something truly special. We'll get into it in the next podcast. The seating and everything else. Then you go across the street at Little Caesars Arena and you find Tom Gores. And he has the audacity to tell you, the hardworking people of his community, that spend money on his team, that winning doesn't matter. He's a very charitable guy. You should apparently thank him. Like, is Tom Gores thinking to himself, oh my God, I do everything. I give so much. I do so much for this community. And they want winning too. They want to win the nerve of those fans. How can you say that? How can you do that? So there you go. That's the podcast. Let's see if we have any good comments to cheer you up. This is from yesterday's podcast. I feel I have to leave you on a good note after bringing it down like that during the holiday season. Guys, I'm sorry, but we waited and we begged and we pleaded for the man to talk. And he finally talked a couple of days before Christmas. So we had to hit on it. Here we go. Here's some comments from the last podcast to cheer you up. A Bynes win in the division. Raw Podcast 3 says Gibbs is 128 short of 1,000. Monty is 90 short of 1,000. Man, two running backs over 1,000 yards is awesome. Hopefully they get closer in the Cowboys game than get it in the Viking game. If he has been a monster in the secondary and you can start this kid at safety or cornerback and I think he will show up, period. Well, a couple quick things. I agree with you. Ify Malinfanwu has been amazing. We talked about him yesterday. He got the pick that ended that game in Minnesota. As far as Gibbs and Monty, two 1,000-yard backs, amazing. But then add to the fact that the Lions could be the first team in the history of the NFL to have four 1,000-yard gainers. Monty, Gibbs, Laporta, and Amamra. How about that? Never been done before in the history of the game. And then Jay Schultz, 2363, says, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. That's how I'll leave the podcast. All right? Sorry for screaming. Got to go gargle with some salt water now. Vocal cords are inflamed. I've went on way too long. But Goris got me so fired up over the weekend. So insulting. Let me know what you think. And please, if you'd be so kind to cheer me up, give me your other than line. Goris says, other than winning, we do a lot for the community. Besides winning, we do a lot. What's yours? Other than blank. Other than eating pork, steak, and chicken. I'm a vegetarian. Does that work? I don't know. All right, we'll catch you tomorrow on a Thursday. I hope everybody has a great holiday season. Sorry for bringing it down with the Gora stuff. This has been the Daily Ticket. We'll catch you tomorrow. See ya.